The Secrets of Stargate is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. The Secrets of Stargate, Episode 84. Janet West, Jackson has identified the seventh symbol. All right, here we go. We are about to try to make a connection. All we got to do is bust out of here, commandeer the ship, and fly on home. Indeed. You say that a lot. I know that this could be dangerous. But this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do. It was never about going home. Hello and welcome to The Secrets of Stargate, where we talk about hidden meanings and deeper layers found in the Stargate movies and series, including SG-1, Atlantis, Universe, and more. I'm Father Corey Stika. With me today are Lisa Jones and Victor Lambs. Howdy, Lisa. Hey, Father Corey. And howdy, Victor. Howdy do, Father Corey. And also with us, returning from a secret mission on the other side of the Stargate, Jack Berzini. How's it going, Jack? It is going great. It is uh, fantastic to be back. Well, welcome back. We're very glad Yay. to be to have you back. So, what's been going on? Uh, yeah. So, I thought of I thought of cracking a joke and uh, starting this with a uh, hi. My name is Jack, and I'm an alcoholic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so yeah, I've been uh, basically I I ended up going to rehab to deal with some issues that I'd been going through. Um, it had been a long time coming. Um, but it been it's been a fantastic uh, experience. Um. I am miles better than I've been in years, and I've had so much support, and so I really appreciate uh, everyone's support and everyone's prayers. Um, and also, if if anyone out there is thinking they need help, it's there's it, there's no shame in asking for help. Um, mm -hmm. You know, people always have your back, and people will always be there for you, and there should be no shame in needing to reach out. So, yeah, I'm just glad to be back and glad to be getting back into it. Well, we're, we are very glad to have you back. I've been glad to Definitely. take yeah. over for you, but uh, you you can have this seat back if you wish it. <laughs> <laughs> we're an unruly bunch. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's been good to get cover for you. And I know you've been trying to catch up on the back shows and mm -hmm. hopefully we'll get to hear your impression of those shows you missed soon. But again, we're yeah, glad definitely. to have you back and glad you got the help you needed. I mean, yes, really. definitely. It's It's been a, been very humbling to see how how helpful people can be when you actually ask. And it's, it's really a blessing. And I really appreciate you uh, holding down the fort while I was gone. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. We, we had fun even without you and we'll have more fun with you. So <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so before we begin our discussion of this episode today, uh, I'd like to invite you to join our discord server. We're having fun over there as well. And, and you can join us discussing secrets of Stargate and all our shows. Uh, get your invite at sqpn.com slash discord. You can go also go to sqpn.com slash merch and get all your your different merchandise with all your favorite shows, including Secrets of Stargate. You know, Victor's wants to get a beanie and there's Lisa modeling our our mug and he wants to get oh, a wow. beanie to So uh get all that at sqpn.com slash merch. Today we're discussing Entity, the twentieth episode from the fourth season of Stargate SG one. The SGC sends a MALP to a planet of artificial intelligence entities. The radio transmission of the MALP caused damage, so one of the entities transmits back through the gate and infects the SGC supercomputer. It develops its own Borg-like nest out of MALP components that it rap rapidly outgrows and tricks Sam into becoming its next hope. So it's, it's a multi-system uh, virus eventually. 
The entity reveals that it was sent to harm the SGC for the damage it caused to its homeworld. Eventually, Sam's consciousness is uploaded to the entity's nest, and the entity is destroyed through a double zat blast. Dr. Frazier is able to reflash Sam's mind and restore her consciousness to her body. Well, I'll start with you, Victor. What did you think of this one? Yeah, I mean, I have I have a lot of thoughts on this. N- none of them are particularly great. <laughs> um, like a couple of things, like when we were doing theater, you know, in college, we would do like these black box um, productions, which were basically you would go into a black box with like no props or anything. And I think and because it's, it's you know, everything is stripped away. I'll, I think that's what kind of they were going for here where, you know, mm-hmm. there's no visits to another planet. Every It's just the main cast members. You have Walter, you have Siler, you know, Frazier, that's it. And, um, you know, if you're going to do an episode on the cheap, this is probably what you do. On the other hand, this has some of like the weirdest science and techno babble, I think <laughs> we see in any episode. Yes. Um, to the point where like, okay, I, I watch Star Trek. I watch Stargate. I can, you know, I can turn my brain off. If you tell me that, you know, there's wormholes and, you know, all this stuff, I, I won't question the <laughs> physics. But at a certain point, I mean, anyways, that's what I thought about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's definitely a bottle episode, but yeah. How, yeah. how about you, Jack? Uh, yeah, as as someone who works in IT, this was a this was a fun episode to watch because of how how ridiculous the premise is. Like like you were saying, Victor, in Star Trek, I can kind of forgive things like this because they're in the future and their computers are from the future. But this is all early two thousands level computers, and you know how much storage those things had. Uh, one line I really liked was uh, Fraser saying that the human brain has several terabytes. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can hold several terabytes <laughs> in the human brain. And I did a quick Google search and apparently the estimate, and of course, this is all just estimation and it's, it's kind of comparing apples to oranges, but uh, they estimate that the human brain could store 2.5 petabytes of data, which is an order mm-hmm. of magnitude more than several terabytes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah I, I, I would bring yeah. that up, that up too. the, the, the computer techno battle babble because I was I was IT in the past as well, so I, I get it. And Lisa, how about you? <laughs> well, I'm not an IT, so <laughs> I'm married to an IT guy. So does that count? Oh, yeah. Um, I, I always liked this episode. I know I, I, I'm going to forgive all of the uh, the sci-fi stuff that you have to overlook for a bottle episode. I thought it was a really good one uh, because mm. it focused on characters, relationships, and I it gave. Three specific characters are really um, characters, actors, a really good opportunity to just show strength and emotion and and kind of uh, low key, you know, acting. I mean, you think about what Amanda Tapping had to convey just with her mm-hmm. eyes and fingers mm-hmm. shaking over a keyboard. And I figured, I mean, yeah. that she did a really good job with such limited um, interaction. Uh, and then Richard Dean Anderson, you know, he spends the first half of the episode kind of acting silly and you know does this make me look fat and you know all of that and then you flip to the second half of the episode and he just gives such a strong performance mm-hmm. um and then uh Janet Fraser you know we haven't really seen much of her over the years and and again she had a really great opportunity to be the professional but yet show us how close she's come to the members of the team and and just what a uh you know kind of big decision and how, you know, she sees each person as an individual. So I liked it for the characters, the development and the acting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll leave the techno babble up to y'all. 
<laughs> oh, don't worry. We'll, we'll rant about the techno babble. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and I, I'm kind of with Victor and Jack. You know, it was hard having built my own computer, having worked on, you know, servers and things like that. Several terabytes of storage. That's <laughs> such a huge amount as I've got four terabytes of storage in my computer that's sitting here right next to me. Just you know, for the whole human brain. Yeah. Yeah, for the whole human brain. <laughs> just just to hold my episodes of Mystery Science Theater 3000. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it, it's, and it, I mean, again, yeah. this was 22 yeah. years ago, 21 mm-hmm. years ago when this came out. So we can forgive them that because, yeah, my computer 22 years ago didn't have terabytes of storage either. So it had, you know, half half a terabyte, maybe. I can't remember even how much I had back then. So uh, and I, I also do agree with Lisa, though, on, on the, the acting and, and getting some characters to flesh out. And that is one thing bottle episodes are good at. Yep. is they can focus on the characters more. And this mm-hmm. this was a traditional bottle episode. For those who don't know, I know we use it on our different shows. You hear it on Stargate, uh, Star Trek and Doctor Who and hear it here. Is a bottle episode is an episode that is done on sets that already exist, such as the SGC set, because it's a lot cheaper to film on an existing set that they don't have to take equipment anywhere else. Yeah. And, and this another- is a way that... Yeah, and another characteristic episode of a bottle episode, and it actually fits in this case, is the characters can't leave. They have right. to be trapped in the bottle. And in this, they can't activate the gate. The base is under quarantine. They can't mm-hmm. leave. And so that's yeah. that's the other like characteristic element of a bottle episode but, is that the characters can't leave. Yeah. But from a production standpoint, a bottle yeah. episode is great because it's a lot cheaper to produce. I mean, it's a yeah. lot cheaper. You don't have to go on site. You don't have to move equipment. You don't have to do all these things. It's just you're in this one and sometimes a limited number of sets, so you're not even moving like cameras around the different sets. So uh, they use them as as ways to, oh, we spent all our money on super mega flashy episode, like say you know <laughs> season enders. What do we got to do for that? How much money do we have for this one episode? You know, so it's a cheap way to do things. So that, that's yeah. that's that's why most series will have a bottle episode somewhere along in the season because it's a yeah. way that they can sneak an episode in, get another episode out for much less than their normal episodes. And, anyways. And- yeah, nope, and why Stargate seems to do it like three episodes before the <laughs> or two episodes before the this the season finale is just because they are saving their uh, keeping their powder dry, as they say. Mm-hmm. I, yep. I also read that this was the first episode they filmed in HD. That it was an experimental oh, really? kind of a episode, and they didn't do HD again until season eight. And so hmm. that was one theory on why it was a bottle episode, like why they chose right. to do it this way was because they were. Um, shooting in HD yeah. for the first time. Hmm. Yeah, much easier to control in a studio that they know and everything so they can know how the lighting works and you know, all that. Yeah, that makes sense. That's cool. And and for our listeners in the UK, uh, when we say HD, we actually mean HD. Okay, I'll take your <laughs> word for that. <laughs> we want to be all, we want we want to be inclusive here. <laughs> well, at least we're not talking about a ZPM. Oh yeah, or ZPM. ZPM yeah. ZX so, Sinclair. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we, we start out, we hear that they found this this uh, gate address from the Repository of Ancients. This is the one that Jack got zapped with, isn't it? It is. Yeah, so this is one of the things that mm-hmm. they got from Jack when he got his head full of stuff that he had to get the Asgard to, to pull it out. Um, and the intro here is very quippy. Like there's a lot of back and forth banter to the point where it's not forced necessarily, but you could tell Peter DeLuise wrote this episode and he front loaded a lot of the, the quippiness into this. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. Jack is very like 
quippy it's like wouldn't miss it sir this is my favorite part la 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 and everybody's like very like bantery and stuff up until the point that like the mouth starts to fly you know jack's like Malps can't fly. Apparently they can. You know, <laughs> yeah. why didn't I get the memo? You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. It's it's very quippy up front. Yeah. Well, I think I wonder if they wanted to, because of how heavy kind of the episode gets later on, they wanted to start it out with very light and, you know, mm-hmm. kind of, okay, well, no big deal. Just um, another day at the SGC. Yeah. Yep. It's just like, this is, this is just another mission. They're going to check out another planet. Nothing bad's going to go wrong. Yeah. I got nothing better to do. I'll go watch the, <laughs> the melp go through the gate. You know, apparently and, for the, uh, the high frequency radio frequencies that are creating a positive feedback loop into the mainframe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'll, that, I hate when that happens. Yeah, it, yeah. This is where the techno babble starts yeah. getting bad, where they're talking about how all of a sudden they get this signal that overwhelms all the computers and everything. And you see things, you know, sparking and, you know, breaking and all the monitors are smashed in and, you know, all because of this radio signal that they could have just well, I mean, cut off. <laughs> as you know, from Star Trek, whenever you get a feedback yeah. in, a sy- in a system, all the monitors have to explode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was going to say, raise your hand if you've ever, ever had a monitor explode. Yeah. <laughs> Not Violently me. towards you. <laughs> yeah. Well, there are no rocks, so this definitely wasn't yeah. Star Trek. True, that's yeah. kind of a running joke online <laughs> yeah. that Star Trek panels are filled with rocks, and that's what come out when they <laughs> explode. <laughs> Carter gets injured, and uh, Walter gets injured, but yet Tilt, Daniel, and uh, Jack still have to get examined. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was nice. Because when, when it comes to medical matters, uh, the U.S. Air Force <laughs> has determined that Fraser is in charge. Well, and uh, is that, you know, is that, is that the case, thing? or... So this is this is the old, you know, that the the, uh, the medical officer can outrank the the commander, and you know, of course, I've never, I've fortunately, never been in the situation where that has to happen. But I guess so. I I don't know the regular. I should have looked up the regulations on that about you know when can a medical officer overrule his his or her commander, and and I would assume that when somebody's hurt or when there's you know a serious injury situation, then yeah, but you know an emergency or whatever, but. I, I love that. Who put her in charge? And General Hammond's the U.S. Air Force, apparently. Yeah. yeah. But even Jack didn't get that memo. So. Yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah. So. But of course, that, that, you know, that's again, that's another thing you see on Star Trek and other, you know, military shows and whatever else. Oh, the, the, the medic says I have to go away. The commander can't tell me to do differently. So. <laughs> and did you notice like when when so Sam goes to sick bay and is discharged and Walter's like lying there on his cot like he's horribly burned. Sam doesn't even acknowledge him yes. as she walks out of sick bay. No. She's just like, oh, okay, I'll get back to work here. And like, Walter, you could just say, hey, how you doing, Walter? Like, sorry yeah. about you getting burned or something. Nope. She's just like. like does it look like he kind of like waves at her or something <laughs> yeah. as she walks by and she just chugs out the door? Yeah. <laughs> and she doesn't remember in 2010 when he was kind of like, you know, an officious jerk to them so it's, it's, it's i don't know that was like well he really wasn't even an officious jerk he was just you know doing his job yeah that's true he just but, wasn't he wasn't even a jerk about it that I was much. like oh i was like here's the part where sam like acknowledges that walter is also burnt oh no i guess not so. <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah i like that he's laying there with his uniform singed and yeah you know just they're not even like have him take off his his blue shirt yeah. you know nothing you know just just, <laughs> just, just laying there in the corner one of the yeah. ways you know that Walter is never going to be a love interest for Sam. It's just. Nope. Yeah. He has too much of a personality. <laughs> <Hate to> spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
You know, I did like the little bit of CGI we got on the, the computer screen when it shows the melt flying through till yeah, that just was before nice. it gets that central core. They actually put a little bit of money into that anyways. It kind of it looked like a mid or early 2000s video game, but it did. Like <laughs> Omnicron or like one of those CD-ROM Descent games or something like that. Yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah and and it of. is. Yeah, and it is like it's like, "Oh, we haven't seen this before." And then the mount just like like the point of view of the mount camera just kind of lifts up and starts flying towards like the you know, yeah. the center of the thing. And you're like, oh, this is this is different. Yeah, that was nicely done, I think. Well, you know, they had the, the, the lights that popped up. They kind of spun around and, you know, up. And it's like, yeah. is this like, a, is the MELP about to get zapped? It's like, nope, the MELP just started flying. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Those almost looked like some sort of extension of the Stargate. That's what I yeah. thought it was at first. Like, is this an add-on to that? Or they obviously have it built at the gate for a reason, but they never talk about that. Yeah, yeah. And then, I mean it's it's a supposedly a planet of the ancients. The ancients left at some point, which we know they like to abandon their outposts and stuff. Mm -hmm. And the, these radio frequency entities took over, but we never really get a resolution on did the entities force the ancients out? Were the entities the result of some ancient experimentation? Yeah, um, into artificial intelligence, we never really get. I think I think in my head like that the entities may have resulted because we know the ancients did, did play around with a lot of that stuff, but you yep. know. Yeah. It's interesting. Is this the first time they're actually called the ancients? I was wondering that too. Like I, other times they, you know, they've been called other names, but I don't remember the, the gate builders is the one you usually yeah, gate builders, yeah. heard before this, but all of a sudden it's the ancients. And of course that's what we know for the rest of the series. But it's like, is it the first time that they're actually called that? And it's just, it's you know, yeah. and, and they're just throw it out there. It's like, oh, yeah, it's mm -hmm. a word we've not used before, <laughs> you know, or the ascended, you know, is another term, obviously. Yeah, use, I think we have to have heard it before this because I don't see it called out specifically. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty, pretty interesting, though. It's just like, oh, yeah, the ancient device, the ancient, the device of the ancients. Like, oh, OK, <laughs> that's the first time they mention it. But. Just it, yeah, it's just it's something that struck me right there that that happened, or, you know, that they'd use that. But I, I do love though you watch the, you know how all of a sudden the computer keeps uh, it gets infected, and of course it goes through every little thing. You know, like you see that one view from the, the Malp claw reaching for the emergency lights. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. oh yeah. This reminded me a lot of like a real Ghostbusters, the cartoon version of the Ghostbusters episode called Killer Watt, where like a, an electricity ghost infects everything and possesses all the electric, all the electrical nice. devices. <laughs> and then they all just kind of join together. Uh, that that was going through my mind as well. And then, um, yeah, the uh, the entity possesses like the camera, which is this pan tilt zoom, you know, security camera. Only like the puppetry on the camera seemed like really weird to me, like mm -hmm. like the bracket yeah. was moving, not the camera itself or something. And then um, as it's going through, it's flipping through all the base records, but apparently there's only three personnel because it keeps flipping through the same. <laughs> yeah. One of, one of whom is Lee Van Cleef, you know, who is the actor who is in a lot of like, you know, uh, crime and Western movies in the 60s and 70s. So I thought nice. that was pretty funny, although we don't actually get to see Lee Van Cleef in this episode. Yeah. Which would be nice. I thought it was funny that uh, when it's going through everyone's files and it and it shows um jack's file and his name is john o'neill yeah uh, mm -hmm. i was watching it on amazon and they have those little information cards that pop up mm. and one of them says this reveals that uh jack's name is actually john and i find that funny <laughs> oh, because no. i've encountered so many people 
who when I tell them my name is my actual name is John, I just go by Jack. They're like, I've never heard that before. I just assumed Jack was your real name. Like I growing up, I thought that it was pretty commonly known that Jack is a nickname <laughs> well, for John, but apparently not. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, of course, we all know him as, as President John F. Kennedy, yeah. but he was known as Jack, Jack. Kennedy. Right. Yeah. You yeah. know, informally. I mean, that's that is fairly common. At least it was at one point. Maybe it's not so much anymore. Like it's kind of faded from popularity. But yeah, that yeah. was very common. Uh, well, Jack Ryan of the, the Tom Clancy stories, he's John Ryan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so, I mean, it, it's. Wasn't Jack, wasn't his name in the movie Jonathan? Oh, J O N versus like J O H N? Well, or? yeah, John, I think it was Jonathan Jack O'Neill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they, so instead of Jonathan, it was just John this time. So. Mm-hmm. But they oh, gave I mean, their it's birthdays. It's one L instead of two, so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the guy with one L doesn't have any sense of humor. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Wait, if, if the people screenshotted and got their birthdays. But evidently there was a discrepancy with Daniels mm. because uh, it said April 1st is what I read. But then in an episode we just had, is he said it was July 8th. So oh. I don't know. But 1965. Well, it was a joke because it was April 1st. Oh, yeah, exactly. Maybe. Kn- knowing people were going to do this. Yeah. Yep. Because <laughs> yeah, so- this was starting, this is about the point where the internet was starting to have, you know, uh, back pages and things like that so you know they'd mm-hmm. have so what day was you know what day mm-hmm. was daniel jackson born you know yep. <laughs> on some stargate fan site probably is one out there somewhere but oh i'm sure but i, I like how the this uh this entity which is taking over basically every every electrical device even even if it doesn't have a computer like say uh emergency power light um is able to build basically the borg collective behind as you can see behind victor yeah, and it was kind of like, is this like the beginning of the replicators? You know, that would have been cool if they'd tied this to the replicators somehow, because like we do even see like a little tiny like malp that's about the size of a replicator, you know, crab run across mm-hmm. the floor at some point. And um, and then we know later on that like the replicators build a, a Sam, basically. And mm-hmm. so there's a lot of mm-hmm. overlap between the replicators in this episode. But I did like their their nest in the malp bay and stuff. Um that was kind of cool. It was like a very like David Cronenberg, you know, H.R. Geiger type, you know, yep. um, you know, they, they they could have added more stuff to it. But with the budget, I'm, 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 I think they did a very good job. They made sure to put in the little um, electrical flashing discs that you got to have in every single sci-fi set, though. The same oh, ones yeah. they use in the board cube. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah the little plasma. They look science-y. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also really liked the... Uh, when they show like the command line interface on the monitor, it's like this kind of 3d back projected yeah. thing. Like that was oh, cool. Yeah. I want that as a screensaver. Yeah. The, the text is running, like they have the text 3d mapped like on the bottom and right and left. And so the text yeah. is r- scrolling like yep. in, in like six dimensions or something. It's, it's like really it's in cool. a cube or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. another sign that this really is the Borg. <laughs> this is the NC that runs the Borg. No. <laughs> yep. Oh, it could be Unimatrix zero or something. Yeah. <laughs> Now, now, one thing. Okay, this is gonna be one of the IT geek things. Yeah, did you notice that Sam said that the entity corrupted their file allocation tables? Yes. So, for those who don't know, file allocation tables are also known as the FAT file system, which was used like since the beginning of the IBM PC. You know, like nothing uses that anymore except for your little flash 
memories or something like that. You know, your little USB flash yeah. memories. I was going to say, you can only s- store files up to four gigabytes on a fat file system. So that yeah. just adds to the, how are you uploading an entire person? Yeah. Well, if they have to back up everything to the Pentagon, every, who knows, like, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. they're doing proper backups. That's they're doing true. proper go. offsite backups, offsite yeah. offline backups. So <laughs> <laughs> they've got that right. Yeah. We're going to have, we're going to geek off about this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and speaking of like, like, like early 2000s tech, I, I do kind of like appreciate, although I don't also appreciate that they went with an actual speech synthesizer for like the entity's mm-hmm. voice when Sam was typing. Like, for dramatic purposes, it would have been so much better if they'd just gotten someone's voice being like, I am now the entity. You care for this one. And that, like, you know, they digitally yeah. processed it somehow, but they actually went for like an early 2000 speech synthesizer. And it sounds right. like really goofy at first, but then it sounds very alien. Like the more you mm-hmm. hear it, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. this is not Sam talking and stuff. And this is right. really a synthetic entity. So I, I do appreciate that. Yeah, you know, I liked yeah, it versus I, having her have a different tone of voice you know or yeah. gold whatever and it, it just it really separated and helped you disconnect that mm-hmm. it wasn't her which i liked yeah something i noticed and i've never used an old speech synthesizer so i don't know how they work exactly but she would hit like five keys and it would say an entire <laughs> yeah. sentence like right do you have to type it out like completely to use those or do they have like hot keys so i mean knowing like what they do have hot keys basically um you know, Stephen Hawking's didn't have to type out everything that he did. Like he would start mm-hmm. to type a word and I think it would like kind of either autofill or it would have a certain amount of choices and certain other people who have, um, you know, like like intellectual disabilities and stuff and, and use not electronic, but, you know, pads to type, you know, that have may have words on it. They just point to certain words mm-hmm. and kind mm-hmm. of so I think it was it was along those lines. But yeah. but yeah, I was reminded of my days on the Commodore 64 and playing with hmm. Sam, which was a very early speech synthesizer oh, yeah. on the Commodore 64, and it'd be like, all that we could ever get it to say was like, my feet hurt. I hurt my yeah. feet. You know, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and so I appreciate how far the technology has come that we now have, you know, digital voice assistants and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I didn't know if they use like an actual speech synthesizer, like an actual unit that was available at the time, or if they use something like the Mac speech, you know, yeah, it was based off of that. Now the keyboard she used looked like a, a typical of the time, you know, the split keyboards, yeah. Microsoft mm-hmm. split keyboards. It looks like that's what that was. But yeah, I think a lot of them you could set it up where you had common words that you could a mode for common words where you could just hit, you know, yes would be Y. You know, mm-hmm. you just have to hit Y and it says yes, N for no, something like that. You know, so that that you didn't have to type out yes, no, maybe, you know, things like that. That would that would make sense. Um, but it was, yeah, I agree. That was a, a good way to kind of change things up, that it wasn't just Sam talking in a robotic voice, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. something like that. And also really added to the interaction of them talking to her. But they, you know, it, it just added to the the keys. Of course, the one kind of goof, which I'll overlook, of course, is when she says, so I am, Oh right, you know Carter and and Jack jumps in and says, "No, you're not," or whatever. And mm-hmm. and of course, she'd already typed it. And it, he, when he started mm-hmm. talking, it stopped, which is dramatic effect <laughs> yeah. for the show. Yeah, but, you yeah, know. I did notice that. Yeah, but, <laughs> <laughs> well, another, like a tiny little thing we can overlook. <laughs> yep. Another thing that was kind of cool, and and I thought this was a conscious choice, but it wasn't. Is is um, 
Amanda tapping, like when she's first speaking as the entity, she doesn't blink. Mm-hmm. And if you mm-hmm. assume that like the entity has taken over all motor control, may not know that humans need to blink to like you yeah. know, re-lubricate their eyes. Mm-hmm. She she does blink, you know, later. Like if you look at, uh, is it uh, Michael O'Reilly or Richard O'Reilly who does uh, Gowron? He like doesn't blink, mm-hmm. except, uh, yeah. you know, in one episode. I, I don't episode. think that man blinks, period. I, I just yeah. I don't think he's able to. Yeah, but but, uh, but she but she does it at some point. But it was a kind of interesting thing where she she didn't blink for so long. And you're like, well, if you know if the entity has all motor control, like you know they wouldn't might not realize yeah. it. Yeah. No, I, I thought that was mm-hmm. well done. And, you know, you, you talked about it, Lisa, about you know her her acting at that moment where she's literally having to just do everything through a blank face and just through eye movement, <laughs> and not even like you know good eye movement. Like she's angry, yeah, staring at mm-hmm. them. You know. Yeah. It was it was very well done. I mean, it really was. And she and she'd move very suddenly. You know, it was jerky movement. Mm-hmm. It wasn't smooth movement. And I thought that was, and you the, know, look at one person and talk about them and look back at Jack mm-hmm. and talk about them. And, and then the buildup well, of you know, that, the tension. You know, she started yeah. out, her hands were pretty still. And then as the scene progressed, you know, every time her, you know, you could see it in her face and in her hands, the the shaking and the kind yeah. of intensity building which i thought was a yeah. nice choice because you think how how in the world would you play that you know yeah. just sitting there trying well, to convey they, they, they put one camera kind of behind her where you could see the keyboard you could see her hand and mm-hmm. yeah, her hand would be sitting there kind of like this above mm-hmm. the keyboard you know which was again nice well acted well done yeah you know, of course yeah. you know peter delouise is you know such a good you know so good at setting stuff like that up so understandable yeah. mm-hmm yeah, and then we get into the moral like quandary of this episode, <laughs> which kind of like flips back and forth. And so at some point, like you know, given that this you know SQPN's mission as a as a Catholic podcast, you kind of like say, is this a pro life episode? Like, if Carter had an entity like living inside of her, you know what what is the you know obligation to the sentient life board? And we kind of have you know Sam before she's taken over, and Daniel as well kind of saying this is, you know, an intelligent life form. We should really try and communicate it, you know, and hear it mm-hmm. out, um, you know. And so we, we do kind of get into that moral quandary. It's kind of like it's a bit of a reach to to say it's, you know, there's a pro-life message in, in there. But we do kind of get this, you know, flipping mm-hmm. back and forth, you know, as the entity, mm-hmm. you know, you know, is is it, what obligation does the SGC have to preserving, you know, the, the entity versus uh, Sam there? I see Absolutely. I would I took it from the opposite in that when one of the first things the entity says is he recognized that they value the life of one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I I thought what a powerful message that is that this foreign energy being or whatever comes into your uh you know earth society culture whatever yep. you know in that closed environment immediately recognizes that about humans mm-hmm. that we value the li- the individual life of each other. So I saw it from the opposite point of view of, of we are, it it is, it was an interesting message to say that I took her over because I knew you you value not just hers, but all life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when we do get the twist um, where, you know, we, we find out, and this is like the big twist that Sam has actually been transferred into the computer and yet the entity has sacrificed itself to save Sam because that will preserve its planet. Um, you know, the, the, the computer screen fills up with, I am here, I am here, I'm mm-hmm. here, which if you remember from Dr. Seuss, Horton, here's a who, the who's all <laughs> announced their presence yeah. by saying, we are here, we are here, we are here. 
And that's how, <laughs> you know, Horton is able to finally convince everybody that these are, you know, entities, basically uh, intelligent entities. So I don't know if that was mm. conscious, probably not, but um, I thought it was nice, <laughs> yeah. uh, a connection there. And she was screaming well, like, as loud as she could. Just yeah. Like all the yeah, little exactly. people in the, Yeah. Bright yellow capital letters on the screen. That that's that's screaming, I guess. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought it was uh, odd um, that the whole the whole reason they sent the entity through back through the Stargate was that the MALP was giving off radio waves that were that was causing destruction to this planet. Mm-hmm. Where if you would if you have an entire planet that's built of machines, you'd think they'd have like like RF shielding and stuff like that, because you'd need that if you're on a planet just from solar rays. So I thought that was kind of a, kind of a flimsy uh, reason for it to be destroying things. But it, it I guess that's be, just an IT. Quibble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It could be a world that's not orbiting a sun or something. And yeah. And I true. don't know if it, it th- there might not be machines. They might just exist as ra- like radio waves or something, but yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah you would want to like, you know, I don't know how would they build like a lead box or something, but it seems like something they'd want to do. <laughs> well, they can build, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, then yeah, now, was, now maybe w- they did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They 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 put a fair, big box around the uh, the Stargate so no one can come in again. But yeah, it, it was kind of different that they said it. The radio transmissions of the the MELP just was doing destruction, so it must have something to do with how the entities uh, exist. Yeah. You know, I, I said mm-hmm. artificial intelligence, but they may not be. You know, they may. Be something you know just happened to get into a computer and control it, but yeah, yeah. they said their radio frequencies were poison, which means they must have been playing some Lincoln Park eh? over the map. Yeah, okay, who <laughs> <laughs> <Hoobastank>, Anyone? <laughs> Anyways, anywho, I, I, I do, yeah, exactly. Um, what one, one little glitch I do I do want to point out early, you know, is after the entity is is has taken over the SGC, has destroyed the computers and everything's down, you know, Hammond says that they're they're quarantined, they're locked out, you know, locked off, they mm-hmm. can't delegate or anything, but they did alert all off off world teams. How? Uh, how? Yeah, they yeah. can't dial the gate. Yeah. And it's not like they could go to the Russian gate, you know, yeah. or call the Russians and have them do it so because they're, they're quarantined. <laughs> So how did they do that? But <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's true. Good one. <laughs> just, just one of those lines they had to throw in there and, uh, you know, didn't even. Yeah. So we had a it. flip of Jack and Daniel's. Um, usually, you know, Jack's the one wants to blow everything up and Daniel's like, no, 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 we have to communicate with it. We have to be diplomatic. And, and in the end of the episode, usually Daniel's right that mm-hmm. they don't blow it up, but it all works out. Think of a... Uh, Scorched Earth, you know, yep. with the yep. Okay, in this one, Dan, oh, Jan, Jack was right. <laughs> he should have just yeah. floated up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they they kind of go back and forth, but um, but the the entity says it was sent there for survival, mm-hmm. and the point of its survival was to destroy Earth. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. you weren't going to rationalize yeah, like your way out of the, that one. The, the sandbags with the claymores behind them, you know, ready yeah, to was... destroy everything. We, we we see a lot of Siler in this episode, which is great. But a lot yep. of what Siler's doing is we even get a really good Siler line where where it's like, uh, you know, like we think that they've like hacked into the emergency like light bulb circuit, sir. It's like, oh, did you forget to change a light, a light bulb, Sergeant? He's like, that's not my job, sir. Oh, yeah. 
funny joke. <laughs> we, get, so we, get a really good, we get a really good Siler moment in this, but yep. and, and we get lots of Dr. Frazier in this too, but she's mm-hmm. like very eager to pull the plug on Sam. It's like, do we want to oh, yeah. like notify it's Jacob? 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Should we, yeah. should we tell alert the Tokra so Jacob can be there, you know, you know, yeah. as, as her father that she, he might want to be there, but you know, <laughs> it did have talk about living will and you know having mm-hmm. a living yeah. will saying you know no extraordinary means and stuff like that and you know of course that's a, a debate whether or not you should do that in the first place but yeah or what counts as a extraordinary means though i guess i don't exactly. know like the ventilator right i don't know mm-hmm. or the entire machine everything being kept alive by machines and that's it double said she was basically yeah. brain dead until <laughs> brain dead until janet reflashed her brain yeah. yeah, I love that. Literally downloaded her brain from the co- the computer to her. You know, <laughs> you wouldn't download mind. a brain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently they did there. But you would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lots going yeah. on in this episode. We get kind of like a weird like ship moment too, where like you know like. Like uh, Jack is talking to uh, General Hammond, yeah, and General Hammond's like, "Oh, I know how much uh, he me- she means to you, Colonel." And he's and Jack, like, you expect him to break down and be like, "Like, yeah, she means a lot to me." And and Richard Dean Anderson, for whatever reason, just plays a completely straight face and says, "Like, yes, she's a very valued member of my team." And there's a little yeah. more to it than that, but it, it's like <laughs> I watched that like yeah. three times, saying, "Like, do you see in his face, like, where his, his face breaks, and you can just see the humanity and like." Like, save her at all costs. And it's like, no, he's just saying, yes, she's a very valued member of my team. And you're like, no, like the situation yeah. calls for a little more than that. <laughs> but that's how they always play it in this show. I, I like, know, but but he could have just do. like, his face could have been like ashen for a second. Was like, he, he, he was looking down, he paused, and then he slowly looked up. So there you oh, go. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I kind of took it as he was doing his best to keep that, keep his composure there. But it's how yep, he delivers how every it. line. It's uh, anyways. That's just, now the question that's actually just is. I know. So is Hammond? Does he know something, or is he just insinuating like he's a, you know you you like everybody on your team? Yeah, you know, this would be I, personal I and problematic no matter who it was because Fraser was the only right Fraser and uh, Tokra and East yeah, were the only ones in the room and divide and conquer. With the Zaytark detector, yeah. yeah. I mean, Hammond's not like like poking his shoulder, like, eh, no, no, she's a very valued member of a team, huh? Eh? Uh, eh? You know what I mean? Save, know what save I mean? her life? Yeah. Eh? <laughs> and Jack's like, oh, come on, you know, yeah, we'll save her. Fine. Let's go have a beer later and talk yeah. about it. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> not like that. But it, it was interesting that that he mentions it, but there was there's never any other discussion. But yeah. Yeah, and then at the scene with with uh, you're talking about Fraser wanting to pull the plug, you know that it's Jack and Fraser together. So um, they've kind of since the beginning established that Sam and um, Fraser, you know, have that girl bond thing going on, and um, you know, over the seasons, well, we'll see it a little bit more next season. You know, really have turned into a f- true friendship. So I thought mm. it was nice that it was the two of them together talking about now what. Yep. Exactly. Anything else you guys want to mention about this one? Dana was very annoying. And what uh, else is new? Yeah, <laughs> there was a... So I know I did harp a lot on the uh, 
the very questionable technology in this episode, but there was one thing that I appreciated. Uh, when Sam gets the, when the entity transfers into Sam, she gets shocked through the keyboard, which Mm -hmm. doesn't make a lot of (laughs) sense. But later on, Siler Mm -hmm. mentions that they've wired a capacitor from the map up to the keyboard to do that. So I did like that. They, there was a little bit of thought put into how that would actually happen. So, and under on the letter S, because I, I I like the way that we are explorers. S S S S S S S S S S S S. What are you doing? Oh, you're being fried. <laughs> <laughs> and like mathematically, isn't like S one of the most used consonants or something? Yep. So yeah, it is. I guess that's. I think it, yeah, that's that's why you watch Wheel of Fortune. They always give you R S T L N E. Yeah, because those are the most used consonants oh. and vowel. Because hmm. everybody would always guess that, you know, you'd get five of them. Everybody yeah. always guessed those. Yeah, <laughs> it's all goosebumps. It's all goosebumps all the way down. Yeah. <laughs> and any interesting uh, languages? For oh, yes. The as a matter of fact, titles? yeah. So, so most of these were, um, you know, derivatives of the entity. In Spanish, we get elente. Um, that sounds cool. But uh, yeah, <laughs> elente is the best. And then in uh, German, we get uh, die which is the wrong choice. So uh-huh. I don't know what the the right choice was or blow the wrong. Up. Well, oh, to okay. blow up the computer instead of. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of choices in this episode. I guess yeah. they made the right one every time because everything's back to normal at the end of the episode. So, yeah. So yep. those are those are the most interesting ones. Well, very good. We'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Stargate, including Tim W., Janelyn M., Alex G., Angie T., and John H. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Stargate and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Be sure to follow the show on all the great podcasts apps such as Apple, Google, Spotify, and all the other ones that are out there. We're also on YouTube at youtube.com slash starquestmedia, where you can see our smiling faces, unless we didn't like the episode, then they're not so smiley. Uh, Please do share the shows with your friends. We want to increase our audience, both for Secrets of Stargate and all the shows here at StarQuest. So please do share share our shows and let them know what, what great material that we have available for them. To find previous episodes of Secrets of Stargate or to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com slash Stargate. Our email for feedback is stargate at sqpn.com. And you can follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com slash starquestmedia or on Twitter at sqpn. We'll be back next time when we'll be discussing Double Jeopardy, the next episode of SG-1. Until then, Lisa Jones, thank you for joining me in the Secrets of Stargate. Thanks, Father Corey. Victor Lambs, thank you as well. Thanks, Father Corey. And Jack Berezina, thank you and welcome back. It's good to be back. Thanks. And once again, I'm Father Corey Stika. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Stargate on StarQuest. Anyway, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be how I feel about it. What do you think? Hi, everyone. This is Dom Bettinelli, CEO of StarQuest, with a special message as we approach the Christmas season. This past year, the StarQuest Network has continued to expand our mission of exploring the intersection of faith and pop culture through our many entertaining and informative programs. Now we need your generous financial support to keep producing the shows you love and to reach new audiences with more of the life-changing and uplifting programming 
we've been creating for more than a decade. That's why it's very important that we hear from you this Advent and Christmas, the time when nonprofits receive most of their support for the year. If you are already a supporter of StarQuest, we thank you and ask you to prayerfully consider increasing your support at this time. If you're not yet a supporter, please become one now. Every gift counts. Could you give $15 or even just $10 per month? Whatever level of support you can offer, please show your support for SQPN this Christmas. And remember that your gifts are tax deductible. Just go to sqpn.com give. That's sqpn.com give. May God bless you this Advent and may you have a blessed Christmas season.